Friday, got a, uh, a bus and he's in the Ukrainian western side. Looks the same as it has. Lviv is the same, nothing different. And he's uh, picking up some pieces of the farm. They're going to plant. They're going to go ahead and plant. Right in the middle of war corn, Ukraine. Good. He needs our prayer though, because it's over there. Brian got some good news today. He's going to be able to. He's going to be able to uh, get what he needs done. Done. Maybe. Got his blood pressure. That's going to be a check. I'm not going to repeat everything that he said, uh, <laughs> but he's laughing. He he he's good. Uh, any other uh, prayer for James? James has been a little bit of pain. Keep James in prayer. He comes and goes. I talked to him today. He said that the stretches between the pain the longer. So uh, I mean, you keep him. So. Pray for Rod. Yeah, pray for Rod. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for your prayers. It was good to have you in breakfast this morning. Yeah. Uh, any other? Brian, I went to see Sharon Melton. She was doing so good. Doing really good. Yeah. I think we can take her off on that. Okay. Um, any other? Another one. Tim's daughter, uh, Sheila Vidal, is in Indiana, Lafayette, Indiana. Um, the son spoke in prayer for her and her husband, Dale. One of the phones got a training with her on. That wasn't mine. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> but that's cool. Um, Any other? Any praise? John Durham got baptized Sunday. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, ma'am. Amen. We got a cake with a cross on it, and all the family came in to have the celebration in the church. Always good when we gather, gather, especially on a special occasion like that, the baptism. Any other? Any announcements? We will have communion next Sunday. Uh, even though it's not that Palm Sunday, it is the first Sunday of the second quarter. So uh, we'll have communion on Wednesday, I mean on Sunday, and then the following Wednesday, which will be a Wednesday before Monday, Thursday, we'll have a business. And uh, then we'll have our sunrise service. So. Kenny, we were going to have our Easter egg hunt on Saturday, right. but a lot of our kids are not going to be here. Okay. Um, so we didn't know what to do about it. I said do it. Do it. Do it, and if they show up, show up. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good well, I know that they're sick. A lot of them are sick. Well, um, and they put it on Facebook, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, I, I, would, I would do it. Because if you don't do it this time, you ain't going to get a chance to do it. And if one child shows up, then they better be going. Maybe it's you I'm thinking back to when 
when they ordained me and the, the message that Joe Needham gave me, he said, uh, when you show up, be prepared. He said, so do it. He said, if you're the only one that shows up, God knows you was prepared and he's going to bless So um, show up, be prepared. Uh, I know I know one kid's going to be there. Because he told me he wasn't going to a football game. He was going to the egg. So if you don't want to be there. Huh? I'll make everybody a hot dog. There you go. Yeah. 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 So, so, you know, all the field that was out there. I don't know what's going there. Well, they don't need anyone to come. Well, instead of the Easter basket, they might need an Easter wheel work. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but anyway. Uh, what Sharon sent me to get a bag of candy today, so I got a 265 pieces of it. He said, Why is that a big bag? I said, Well, you just said get a big bag of candy. It's the biggest one I can find. I hope they fill it up, all the eggs up with it, and get it out of the house. Uh, any other? Um, any crazy prayer questions? Any other now? Thank you. 
successful. Yes, there's a lot of stress involved in planning, but Lord, it's going to be successful because it's for the advancement of your kingdom. Now, yours. Lord, I ask you to bless the time we have together. Open up this, this scripture to us uh, that we can glean the things you would have us to glean to take and share with others outside. Lord, I love you and ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, we're going to start chapter 3. Uh, and, and God's judgment is dependent, or, or dependent on what the title of your uh, your book might say, if the, your Bible might say, as it uh, is broken down. Uh, and so uh, we'll start out with the first four verses. Alright? And so in chapter 3, verse 1, it says, what advantage then has the Jews, or what is the profit of the circumcision, uh, much in every way, chiefly because to them uh, were committed the oracles of God? For what if some did not believe? Will their unbelief make the uh, faithfulness of God without effect? Certainly not. Indeed, let God be true but every man a liar as it is written. Uh, and it goes on to say it says that, uh, that you may be justified in your word and may overcome when you are good. Uh, so, and I'm going to work slide. But if our, right, if our unrighteousness uh, demonstrates the righteousness of God, what shall we say? Is God unjust who inflicts uh, wrath? I speak as a man. But I'm going to stop right there. Certainly not. Well, I'm going to go on. Certainly not. Verse 6. Uh, For then how will God judge the world? For the truth. For if the truth of God has increased uh, through my life to his glory, may also may uh, why am I also still good as a sinner? And why not say let us do evil that good may come as we are uh, slanderously reported and as some affirm that we may say uh, the uh, the condemnation is just. So there's a lot going on right here. Uh, What are you talking about? The Jews had the benefit of the Word of God. And, And so the Jews were asked if they had any advantage. You know, do you have an advantage because you have the Word of God? The Jews had many advantages. Uh, the Jews had been given the law, and you know, Romans 2, 25 and 29 talks about that. We talk about it. They've been given the law. The Jews had been given the sacrifices to show the right heart in Isaiah uh, 1, 11 through 15. Those sacrifices were to show the right heart, not only of the individual, but of the nation. The nation of Israel. The Jews had received the ordinances of God, and that's in Malachi 3.14. They had received it. Who did God give them to? He gave them to the Jews. He picked them out out of all people. He chose Abraham to lead. There you go. All right, so anyway. um, Yeah. Yes. Circumcision. Circumcision, that's right. And the covenant. And the covenant, that's right. And so the Jews had turned from all of these things 
strange doctrine in Hebrews uh, 13, 9. The Jews did have benefit from circumcision. They carried on the blessings promised to Abraham in Genesis 12, 1 through 3. That was one of the only things that they didn't defile. Well, they kind of did defile it because they thought that circumcision was their ticket to salvation. They thought that because they were Jews, they were saved. Today, they think because they are Jews, they are saved. They think that's the debt. And uh, a little bit later on, I'm going to make a comment that's probably going to set some people on fire. Um, I, I don't know if I'm going to make it or Roger's going to make it, but it's coming. They all did in the literature. Yeah. They, they, this is a very inflammatory uh, and misunderstood right. piece of the scripture. Yeah, and, and, and it's misunderstood because it's missing Paul the Gentile and the Jews collectively. Right. But this part right here, this, this part, it, it, it's not good if you were if, if you were a practicing Jew, whatever that meant at that time. And it, well, this was, this was going to set your world upside down. And they were, they, you know how they screamed at Jesus? Well, this is, this is pretty tough. He, he's not cutting any slack anywhere. And so the Jews were told why they had an advantage in 3 2. In chapter 2, I mean, verse 2. Uh, it says uh, in verse 2, uh, much in every way, chiefly because to them were committed the oracles of God. They had an advantage because they had the oracles of God. Everybody else on the planet did not. But yet you had people who were not of the circumcision, who were more just than the Jews. And so, they had an advantage. And so the Jews had received many different benefits. God did not cast away the people he forsook. Or foreknew. For God did not. That's in Romans chapter 11, uh, verses 23 to 27. Alright? And they will be blessed again in the future. That future that he's talking about there, it ain't got here yet. Alright? The Jews had received uh, the oracles, which is the word of God, and gave them the word. Deuteronomy 4, verses 7 and 8. God revealed the meaning of his law through Moses in Nehemiah 9, 13 and 14. So it wasn't just that, that he gave them the law. It wasn't just that he gave them the word. <clears throat> he also came and explained it to them and gave them the meaning. And over the generations, they dulled. They got dulled. The word never came. The word that he gave, that God gave the Jews, way back, is still as relevant today as it was the day they were etched on them tablets. The day they were given to Moses and they were given to Abraham and these things were given out. Uh, those laws are still relevant today. The only difference is, is Jesus came and fulfilled them. He fulfilled all that. Now, you have to understand that at the time that this was being told to the Jews was very close very close to the destruction of the temple. And so, uh, this was, you know, what, 
A few years, probably 60 years or so after the death of Christ, correct? Right, it's, what it's 60 uh, plus 70 AD when it happened, but this is about 66. 66, so, you know, yeah. give or take a year or two. But, what Paul can I do? Go ahead, go. I'm going to take it back to historical moment here. Because we just came off of, of the, the point in chapter 2 where he pulled out everybody, you know, pretty much the Jews and the law. And so what advantage then is there being, so he's asking questions. Paul is asking questions here. There's three questions he asks here, and then later he's against both Jews and Gentiles and Christian Jews and Christian Gentiles. What advantage have you all had against the other one? What, he's breaking this down almost almost in a way that says, forget about Judaism of the past. You guys weren't forgiven. You don't have a covenant. You don't have any of this stuff. He's erasing all of these things the Jews had counted on. And he's sitting in a courtroom. Were I part of Abraham, by the way? No. That, no. God's presiding. And he's the only one that's righteous. And you are not. And so you cannot. You have no excuse. You have no... You have no, what's the word? You're being indicted for all these accusations. You, you have, have no defense. You have no defense at all against what we're talking. He's removing the picture we have. And the courtroom is filled up with sinners. God presides. And guess what? There's no chance for them. And it almost looks like what happened to God and the Jews of the past? Well, don't forget this, because Paul gets a lot of literature flat, a lot of pointing to the fact that he has, has been anti-Semitic, he's been against the Jews, and he's erased Judaism as a concept of God in, in totality. He has not. He's painting a picture by which he will use the Scripture, the Old Testament, to prove his case. He will pull out what the Jews forgot to read in Psalms, Isaiah, etc. I'm, I'm sure you've got it. reference to that. And I do too. That there's many verses in there, and especially out of the Psalms of David, where he specifically lets them know this. And I'm going to set this in your minds right now. The covenant, the promises of God, are all there, but so is faith. So is faith. The Jews had forgotten that by faith, by faith, by believing, by believing, and understanding they're all unrighteous, that the God was a God of forgiveness, and it's over and over the Day of Atonement. They sent the 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 scapegoat out in the desert. They also had the sacrifices. They had many, many appeals to God's mercy to forgive them. And now they're being, in a sense, self-justified that they no longer need, they no longer need this mercy of God. The mercy seat, the ark is gone, right? Where's the ark? And the mercy seat, where the blood was sprinkled out. Where's the sacrifice? Where is all this stuff? Don't hear too much about that Ark of the Covenant here. So 
Jesus is going to be that going forward. So Paul has to make that connection between Judaism and the past. Still there, you said, still going to be fulfilled. And Christendom, or the Christocentric blood of Christ for the future. So that is so hard to see for the people writing these stories that they cannot hold the whole concept together and understand that Paul isn't throwing Judaism under the bus. He's not He's not uh, deleting what God has put in place. He's simply saying that something else here called faith. Belief. 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 And he's going to hit this so hard in the next... Well, the first thing, again, you know, you, you talk about this, 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 he's putting... He's not... He, he's given a commentary on Judaism at that point. They have no code. Christ could be crucified. Christ had risen from the grave. And Christ had ascended to heaven. And what did he say? I will not do what? Until this country cries, nation cries out, Lord, Lord. Yeah. How's it come up? Here it goes. This is what's going to cause me to get a lot of flack. 
In essence, today, Judaism is a cult. They have no salvation. Unless it's through God, which is through Jesus Christ. They deny the Messiah. Their covenant is abolished. The new covenant is in place and they refuse to accept it. And so, that's where we're at today. And yet, there's a lot of people who don't want to hear that. But it, it, it's here. It's in the scripture. And if you have a little bit of sense about it and understand it, then that's what it has. That's the only conclusion you can come to. Now, we bless it. Because you lose Yeah. You know. Uh, and so the Jews didn't, didn't, here's the thing, in, in verse 3. The Jews did not make God unfaithful by their unbelief. God is still faithful. God is still on the throne. God is still in control. God still rules and sovereign over everything. He is outside of all of this. He's outside of it. There's many Jews today that don't obey God. As far as that goes, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, for lack of a better term, there's Gentiles today who don't follow the gospel. There are Christians today, and I use that term there, that don't follow the gospel. They won't share the gospel. So, the unbelief and the unfaithfulness is still rampant and it started at the fall. It started at the fall. We still doubt. We still doubt about our salvation. We still doubt about sometimes, you know, about where we're going to spend eternity. I know where I'm going to spend eternity, but every now and then doubt creeps in. Are you sure? And that's because I have a finite mind. And I can only, I can only believe when that creeps in. I only believe as far as I can see. And I need to not believe as far as I need I can see. I need to believe as far as my heart. And the Holy Spirit will allow me to see. And so that's why this is, this is tough stuff. And so he, he, I can tell you, if you were sitting there, and then it would come like this. Oh, you Baptists think you saved. I don't well, you're not. You think that because you do this, this, and this, it makes you right. But you're unrighteous. And just because you're unrighteous doesn't mean that your beliefs are going to make God unrighteous. That's what he's saying to put it in context that we can understand. And so, uh, God always kept a group in Israel who were faithful. Romans 11, 1 through 7. We know about the remnant. Think about this. What happened, remember, when Elijah ran off, hid in the cave? What did God say? You're not the only one I have. I have thousands. Something like 700. 700. Yeah, 700. Yeah. yeah. So he, he wasn't the only one. But it, sometimes in our ministry, and sometimes in our we feel like we're the only one. And so, that's why, when I preached about Sunday, you know, coming together. That's why we have to have unity. But anyway, he goes on. You know, he says, uh, uh, God says He will never forget Israel. Isaiah 54, 9 through 10. He's not going to forget Israel. He's not through with Israel. Israel 
his chosen people. Remember, what did he say? You know, this is where the Jehovah Witnesses kind of get all shook up about. You know, I have 12,000 from every tribe. What 12 times 12 is 144,000. There's going to be more, but those 12,000 are sealed. Those 144,000 are sealed Jews who have always been faithful and righteous before God. Because they believed. And they kept this word. They kept this precept. And you were saved. Yeah, but they're not saved by circumcision. And Paul's calling this out. You're not saved by this promised covenant in the past. That, those people were under the covenant of law. This is going to change and has changed since Christ. But right now, you are saved. And go into the Psalms. You are saved by your belief, your faith. I am the one who will give forgiveness. I am the one, when you have broken law, will restore you back. And where is your heart with that? Where are you sitting with this smug attitude as he starts out in that verse 3, uh, I mean immediately, what advantage do you have in being a Jew? Or what value is there in circumcision? What value for all these things? You, you have no value. It's not that. Yeah, what if question. Yeah, yeah, what if. You know, this is, this is Paul asking the Jews at the time, and I can assure you when he was making it, the, 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 the Jewish leaders of there, that was there, they were there. And they didn't admit, what if someone did not believe? This wasn't lost on the Jews. No, this wasn't lost, it wasn't lost on the Christian Jews. It wasn't lost on any of them. All this is scriptural, right? And they knew the scripture very well. And so, yeah. It wasn't lost on them. He hit them right between their eyes. And God said that His Word will accomplish and get it now. What he pleads. His words will accomplish what he pleads. It ain't what Jerry wants. It ain't what Roger wants. It's accomplished. What he pleads. Not what we do. And that comes from Isaiah 55 to that. And, and Jews, they had the truth of God available to them in verse 4. Who is true in all things. He's the one that is true in all things. Period. And, and you get people that will try to, well, he didn't mean this and he did that, whatever. The key word in that whole sentence is true in all things. All. You know what all means? All. It means all. Everything. God is the one who is true. In all things. God is the one who makes us dead to sin. Romans 6, uh, 2 and 15. God knows that every man is a liar. Now, when I say man, I'm talking about the species. Every man and every woman is a liar. And that means our offspring are liars. God is the only one who is true. 
And in that same verse, um, the word Upantos, uh, he answers the question for them. Not at all. In other words, not in any way. Not, not, it's not possible in any possible way. Not at all. Emphatically, no. Well, he, he was, and this is Hypantos, is used again later. He's saying, in no circumstances, under no conditions, absolutely not. Let God be true. Your faithfulness is going to change, or lack of faith is not going to change the faith of God. Your uh, bringing more sinfulness to amplify what God looks like is not going to change who God is. No, it's not going to amplify and make him look better. Verse, verse 3 and 4 is where Paul anticipate the, the disagreement from the Jewish readers. And, and so it says, Paul anticipated, this is, this is what MacArthur had to say, Paul anticipated the Jewish readers would disagree with his statement that God has not guaranteed to fulfill his promises to every physical descendant of Abraham. Now, they would agree that such uh, teaching uh, nullifies all the promises of God made to the Jews in the Old Testament. Uh, but before any Jew, uh, but before let's see, but before any answer or any Jew, uh, regardless of any purity of his image, can uh, inherit. The promises he did not come, he must come to repent in faith. That's what he tells them. They're going to have to repent. And it's not collective repentance, it's individual repentance. The collectiveness, the collective, the collective salvation is gone. That, that, when, when they crucified Jesus, collective salvation, the old covenant was done. When he rose again, he conquered that. And so what did he say before he died? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Why do you think that when he died, the veil in the temple was ripped from top to bottom? And you could see into the Holy of Holies. Because that covenant was dead. It, was, it had been fulfilled. When Christ died, that, that, that covenant was fulfilled. He said, I come not to, not to do what? Come not to condemn, but to fulfill the law. And so that's what he did. And so, uh, I know that every man is a liar. Uh, God is the only one who is in true. That's 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verse 18. God is justified in his word. God has no unrighteousness in him. In the being of God, there is no unrighteousness. The only perfect being is God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, and God the Son. That's it. That's the only thing that is perfect in all of the realm. Yeah. And there's no one who's going to be able to stand. No. Everybody is going to kneel or fall before Christ. And literally, they can 
That, that, that Romans 9, 14. Uh, God has no unrighteousness in him. God overcomes when others try to judge him. How did it? It happens daily. We have people on this earth, we have people in our area that judge God daily and try to find him unjust. God is the only one who is justified when he speaks. That's in Psalm 51 4. There is no other person or other entity to be justified when he speaks other than God. Because all of us have some deceit. All of us have some unrighteousness. Even as, as, as pure as we can be, this side of earth we will never be perfect. But that does not give us an excuse not to try. We have to try. We have to put others before ourselves. How do you think you learn to live and love is through the love of Christ? There's a, there, there is a saying I've seen, I am last. Most ever because against every conventional wisdom of modern day. Today, I'm number uno. I'm looking out for me. I've got to be number one. And there he is, God Christ is telling us, I'm laughing. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you see someone, a fellow creature, that has a need and you can fulfill it, that is your obligation to it. Because remember, he says, You came to me when I was thirsty. You came to me when I was naked. You came to me when I was sick. You came to me when I was hungry. You came to me when I was in prison. And they said, when did you eat that? When you done it for the least of these, you better not live. So that, that, that's not a suggestion. He tells us at the end of Matthew to do what? Teach them all I commanded until the end of the age. And we're called to share it to those who don't know. So that's not giving what is holy to the dog. That's being obedient to God. And that's, there's a big, there's a big to do over there. Go ahead. This is this is uh, I hate Jesus drove them out of out of the women's court uh, that when they're selling things to the Gentiles to make sacrifices back. When Jesus was alive, and he says, You turn this place into a den of thieves, but my house and my father is a place of prayer for all nations. For all the Jews had forgotten to put the gospel message, the one and only God who is a monotheistic God. There's, there's a lot in this presentation, but. They had no idols. They had no representation of who God was. They had stripped it clean. They only had a, a, a God who did everything for them. And they were to promote this among the idols where you had to do everything for those little gods and they were all over the place and you had to be uh, sexually decadent to, to, to get into the in crowd of those groups and, and do all this. Sort of thing. No, Jesus was supposed to take that message of the one and only God and say, hey, there's a list of the oracles of all us here. You're supposed to follow, and they didn't do it. And so now Jesus is telling us again in Matthew, do it. Here, here, here. 
working out of today. We do. I mean, we have a whole country with millions of people worshiping an idol. And they're making, you know, they, they believe in reincarnation, and I don't know what all they believe. That if you're not a good person when you die, you're going to come back as a chick. Or, 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 or you're going to come back as a, as, as a pop. Who knows? But, but you've got to keep changing and being reborn to, be, to get perfect. Right? Well, here's the thing. What makes people have a hard problem with Christianity, you don't have to do nothing. He meets you where you are. You don't have to change anything. All you've got to do is come to understand who the Holy Spirit is. What? The sacrifice that Christ made. And to have a conversation with God to come into your heart and change you. And that you commit and you believe and confess that He was who He was. Who He said He was. He did what He said He was going to do. And He's to the life today in heaven. That's it. That's it. And then but the Holy Spirit comes and, and comes upon you and in you at that moment you accept in the heart. Not in the head. In the heart. Not in baptism. Not in baptism. Not in communion. Not in uttering some, some preformed prayer. It's a commitment of the heart. And when you do that, that if the Holy Spirit resides in you, He has changed your heart. And you are a new creation. You have taken off the old and put on the new. Your destiny is set. You cannot lose your salvation because you're in the hand of God. What did Jesus say? Those who the Father puts in my hand, man cannot separate. The only person who can take you out of the hand of God is God himself and he ain't going to lose. Because he promised that if you call upon my name, you shall be what? Saved. This is not rocket science. It's not rocket science. It's just a matter of believing. And hey. Jews had a hard time believing. People had a hard time believing. Hey. But when you begin to believe, start the journey of belief and faith, your faith is built. You begin to see the mystery of God open up. You begin to see the words in this text, in this Bible, are so solidly wrapped together and, and uh, this court case Paul's building here is impenetrable. They cannot, they have torn apart 1150 ways and they cannot make sense of this. Probably because they don't believe. Well, that one number one, they don't believe. If they would believe it, it makes so much sense that he hasn't thrown everything away. He hasn't, Paul isn't erasing what God did. He's amplifying the the progression here, how everything works, and yet, what you guys think you have by works, by saving yourself through works, doesn't work anymore. The Judeo works theology doesn't work anymore. You can't go make yourself good anymore. You have to come to faith and faith and forgiveness of God. And, and here is the realization of they never could make themselves right. They never could make themselves worthy of and that's why the sacrifice, that's what the sacrifice was teaching them that they had to come a sacrifice that was perfect. Why do you think that when they all those cows and all those uh, lambs and whatever they had to be perfect without blood? 
the Lamb of God was perfect and without blemish. And so the Jews are going to be judged by the Word of God. In verses 3 through 8, God is the one who will judge. In verse 5, it says that. And so it says, God can be, a, it can be just and also the justifier of all who believe. In Romans 3, uh, 25 and 26, we'll get a little bit more in depth than that. But what he's saying is, not only is God just, but God's a justifier. And the reason that we're able to, and he's telling the Jews, Paul's telling the Jews, look, look, blood has been shed. All you have to do is believe. The most perfect sacrifice there ever was has been made. There's nothing else to do. He said it is finished. The only way to go to be saved is what he tell him. There's no other name on earth by which men are saved. Jesus Christ. No other. You know what that means? Ain't nobody. That's it. Jesus Christ. Period. When he says, I am the way. There's only one way. That's through him. It's not. Contrary to Oprah Winfrey and all that, all roads do not lead to God. The majority of the roads, except for one, lead to heaven. And so that's what, that's what we're talking about here. That's what Paul is trying to convey to the Jews, the Christians, and the Gentiles right there at that time. There's a new, there's a new deal. The old one has passed away. He's getting ready to launch that. Oh yeah, he's fixing to tell him about it. And he, he, he's preparing. And so they should have known this. Yes. Listen to this Psalm 14, 1 through 3. Yeah. Fools say to themselves, there is no God. There are corrupt, they are corrupt and commit evil deeds. Not one of them practices what is good. The Lord looks down from the heavens upon humanity and sees if anyone shows discernment as he searches for God. All that turned away, together they have become corrupt. No one practices what is good. Not even one. So the Jews should have understood where they really stood. They had the scriptures. God will one day deliver all creation from the rebuilt thing. All created. Romans 8, uh, 20 and 21. We'll get into that when we get there. Our unrighteousness requires God to take vengeance. God is a holy God. If He does not take vengeance, He's a liar. He can't lie. He can't lie. God is the one to whom all vengeance belongs. What did He tell us in Romans 12, 19? What does He say? Vengeance is what? Says the Lord. And so He is going to have His vengeance. The only reason that we are not going to have to stand on the judgment seat at the great white throne of judgment is because we accepted Christ and our names are written in the Lamb. The Lamb's book of life. Period. Jesus died on the cross for Jerry Wilson. One day Jerry Wilson accepted Jesus Christ's sacrifice and called him Lord. I believe with all my heart that He died for me, forgave me of my sins. I believe He laid in the grave three days. I believe that He rose from the dead. I believe that He was on this earth for 40 some odd days and He ascended to the right hand of God and He is alive and just 
Spirit guiding me on a daily basis. Here. I know that the promise He made to me, where I am, there you will be also. I'm going there. He promised me that. I'm going. Even though I doubt, even though I, I even though I, I have sin every day, I am saved. I am saved. I am saved. I shed blood upon That is it. There is no other way or justification I can stand before a holy God. That's why I am clothed in pure white when He looks at me. He sees me robed in Christ's blood. That crimson, red blood, when God sees it, is white. Pure as snow. The whitest white in the Through nothing Jerry did other than accept and respond to the promise of the Holy Spirit. That is it. And he is telling them, this is it. This is the way it is. You can like it or not like it. You can rely upon the old ways and perish, or you can get a hold of the boat and look about what's coming right down the hall and, and believe and accept. God is the only one who all vengeance belongs in Romans 12, 19. God will take vengeance on all who obey not the God. 2 Thessalonians 1, 6 and 8. You don't believe the gospel? Hey. You got one way to get to hell. In fact, you're already there. You're already there. Swimming in the lake of fire and you just don't know yet. God is the source of truth. God is the one who is true. Uh, God is the one uh, who is true, Romans 3, 4. Uh, Jesus is the one who is true, John 14, 6. Jesus said that the truth will set you free, John 8, 32. The truth will set you free. What is the truth? The truth is Jesus Christ came down to save mankind. Because the Bible says He came to save all. And that's what it says. God may even receive glory from our life. God received glory even when Joseph's brother lied. <clears throat> In Genesis 50, 15, uh, 21. God must still judge us as a servant. God did judge Joseph's brother when they lied. In Genesis 37, uh, verses 31 to 33, and 44, uh, verses 1 to 14. God will judge all unbelievers according to their work. Revelation 20, uh, verses 12 to 13. God shows that condemnation is just. Paul was having people give false. Uh, Paul was having people give false report about it, about him. They were sick of bad things about him. Paul was often misunderstood, even by Christians. In Second Corinthians seven two, Paul was accused of telling people to do evil. Now some accused Paul of encouraging people to continue to sin. In Romans uh, six one, what it was, the Jews were making those allegations against him. Because he wasn't telling them to obey 
the Jewish code. He was telling them about the new code. And uh, Paul was accused of suggesting uh, doing evil to bring good. Uh, Paul said that the accusation was totally false in Romans 6 2. They said that Paul was telling you you had to do evil to do good. Well, the Jews made that statement because he was telling them about the gospel of Jesus Christ. He wasn't telling them about the Davidic covenant. And uh, Paul said that the judgment of such people is just. Paul said those who resist God will receive judgment. Romans 13, 2. The wages of sin is what? Death. What happens if we give false testimony about a brother? Or a sister? That's breaking one of the commandments. We're not going to do it. Any questions, any comments? We're going to stop right there because we're fixing to get into the next the next section, and this is where he opens it up, not only focusing from the Jews, but now he's going to the Christians and the Gentiles. Uh, he's going to the scripture. Yeah, exactly right. There's a lot of scripture. Yeah, that's what he's saying. Right. And, and the Jews will have nothing to say. Any questions, any comments? When you said false testimony, can you give me an example of false testimony? Um, what you just said. What well, they were talking about Paul. Yeah, they told Paul that uh, that he was uh, telling people that they if they did something that was against the, the covenant, the Jewish covenant, then he was telling people for them to do good, they had to do evil. But the evil was perceived by those who made as, as breaking the the the, 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 the Mosaic law, which Jesus had fulfilled. So they were trying everything they could to find a reason to discredit Paul. To make, make what he said untrue. Yeah, what they said, what they what they said was untrue. I mean, he was telling them that that you got to do the only way you can do good is through Jesus Christ. You can't do it through through the Mosaic law. You can't do it through the Mosaic You can't do it through the sacrifice of the animals. You have to do it through the one true sacrifice. And that's who Jesus Christ. That's what he said. And they, they, see, they don't believe the Messiah came. They, to this day, they know. And there are some Jews who have accepted Christ. And, and they're, they're either called Messianic Jews or completed Jews, depending on what group you're in. Um, a lot of the theologians that wrote to this said that Paul was bringing out the... Um, the idea of working works theology. theology. The Jews, did you have to follow these traditions? You had to follow these rules. You had to do these things, be circumcised. And Paul was throwing that out for the sake of the Gentiles, in a sense. But he was also saying, you just can't count on that as salvation. Your works theology cannot save you. And so he's speaking to both. Your works theology can't work, and your uh, your Gentile friends you should have brought all this story to, and that they're learning now. Do not have to follow your traditions. That that is not what's replaced. It is a faith and belief in the blood of Jesus Christ for saving. He doesn't quite quite got there yet, but he's he's working the case to say. None of y'all can count on works. 
None of y'all, you're, you're going to sit before the judge presiding here today is God. He is totally righteous, and none of you are righteous. So, here goes. You, you remember when Jesus was talking to the Samaritan woman in the world? In the conversation that he had when he told her there will be a day when no one will have to go to the synagogue or to the temple. And what he was talking about, he was going to the temple, was going to be where? In the hearts of men. And so they didn't have to see that part of the law. You had to make a pilgrimage to the temple. Well, the Samaritans couldn't go. Because they were considered out anymore. They weren't allowed. Yeah. They weren't allowed to go. And so they built their own temple. Uh, but they didn't know anything right. And so what what Paul is telling them is look, all the six hundred and some rules y'all made up, they're useless. No one can keep them. You yourselves who wrote them have broke them. Remember what he said in the last chapter. You know, you got the law, but you don't keep the law. So you'll be judged by the law. Yeah, you're going to be judged by the law that you, the law that you love, the law that you supposedly interpret to the people. And that's why Jesus told them they were dead bones, plain and simple. You had, remember what he, what did he say? He said, you, what did he tell them? Everything? You, a teacher of the law, and don't know these things. So, you know, he, he was, he, Paul was putting it out there. Paul knew all this because he was a Pharisee. He was trained as a Pharisee. And retrained. And retrained as a Christian. <laughs> I mean, let me tell you something, man. Somebody strikes your vision, you get your attention, Put scales on your eyes and send you to Damascus, the place that you went to, to persecute people, and you got to stay there a few years to learn what's going on. With the Christians? Yeah, with the Christians that you went to persecute. Yeah, persecute. And, and kill? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you talk, if you don't think God ain't got a sense of humor, the people he was going to kill wind up training him. <laughs> you, you know? Uh, and he will be digging out in Romans. Oh, yeah. Old Testament scriptures mm -hmm. that show that it ain't the way you think, and it is the way we think. You see that, that the Old Testament, amazing. the Old Testament points if you try. It points to the New Covenant because you know all the blood. God told them all the blood in Israel will not heal your land. Every sacrifice they ever made, and so you know it wasn't it. He was trying to prepare that it's not the blood of that. It's the heart. It's the blood of Christ because it had to be a perfect sacrifice. Remember? What did it say? It doesn't come right out and say that. But in Genesis, when they when they, they sin, they eat from the tree. It said, and then what did it do? Jesus did what? I mean, God did what? He clothed them. That meant some animal had to die. That's when the blood comes. That's when the blood comes. Because you can't clothe them in skin without something giving up skin. Don't know what kind of skin you put on? The Bible doesn't say it's, it's, it's not important. The important thing is if something dies. And from that point on, what did he say? You're going to die. You they put them out, say you're going to live by the sweat of your brow, and you're going to fall, and you're going to die. Ladies, you're going to have birth pains, and you're, you know, so there you go. 
apply today's reasoning to Cain and Abel, it was a bad thing. Okay? I give you an example. Cain killed Abel with a rock. And that was bad. That was a rock and, and, and being used by a bad person for a bad reason. How did David kill Goliath? <coughs> with a rock. That was a rock in a good hand being used for good. It ain't the rock. It's the person that's holding the rock. Apply it to today's society. Pick a weapon, anyway. Hammer, knife, whatever. Gun, whatever. In a, in a bad hand, people die. Like that guy, that girl that killed those people in the In a good hand, the policeman stopped her. So it ain't the gun. It's the person that holds the weapon. So, he, that's what they're trying to tell. Look, Christ is good. Christ is the only way. That's where we're at today. There is no way to heaven except through Jesus Christ. If anybody tells you you can go to heaven without being through Jesus Christ, they're a liar. Flat out a lie. And so they would do what you want to do. Ask them, what name do I call for? What name do I call? Because God's Word says there's only one name, and that's Jesus Christ. So what name, if, if, it's an, if, if I'm a liar, what's the other name? Jethro Bodine? I mean, I don't know. What, what's the name? Pick one. It, they're all the same, whether it's Jed Clapp, Jethro Bodine, Mohammed, uh, Buddha, who Zoyster, Confusion, none of them will get you there. The only name that will get you there is Jesus Christ. Period. That's it. I know I'm preaching to the choir. I got up on my soapbox. Uh, you know, it, it, it. But it's a story it that is attested to that is written down, and people know that, that it is a historical event. Right. And whether they see it in Josephus, or they see it in the Bible, right. or they see it in the Talmuds of the right. Jews, yeah. it's a recorded yeah. event. Yeah. And there's only one guy that's recorded coming out of the grave alive. Yeah. Uh, your choice. Yeah. Begin your journey. Believe in Jesus, and He will show you the truth. It may take a while, as for some of us, but He will take you. You know, I trust. God with you. Right. Yep. Any other questions? Any other comments? Let's put it over there. Father God, we love you. We thank you for this day. Lord, we, just, we thank you for your word. We thank you that, that Paul is laying it out there, Lord. We thank you that there's some hard things to accept. There's some hard things for us to understand. Your word is just. Your word is truth. And Lord, we thank you for all you do for us. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.